Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And I'm so blessed that you have joined us here on Calvary Live. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are at listening to Calvary Live today. We're so blessed that you can join us for this next hour as you get the opportunity to call in and ask questions about the Bible or Christian living or anything that pertains to godliness in Christ Jesus. And uh, we'll do our best, and I'll do my best to take you to the Word of God and to answer your questions and also to pray with you. And so this is such a tremendous blessing for you, the listener, that are listening in to this program, to be able to call in and be a part of the program. This is really your show. Um, without you, the listener, without you calling in and texting in questions and prayer requests, we really have no show. So I would invite you right now. We got all open lines right now. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Give me a call. And let's talk about the things of the Lord. Let's go to the Word of the Lord. And we also can go to the Lord personally because we have the spirit of adoption where we can cry out, Abba, Father, Papa. We have relationship with Him. And so we are privileged to come together. And I know that some of you need prayer. Um, these are such challenging days and uh, some of you perhaps are heavy burdened with circumstances or uh, trials or whatever's going on, and we want to pray with you. and We want to encourage you any way that we can, and that's part of what this show is all about. It's to minister to you, not just uh, academics and answering questions. Yes, we will do that because you know that um, the knowing the Word of God and, and studying the Word of God is so important, and if you've heard me as I uh, have uh, hosted this show for a while that I place an importance and all the hosts do and and Grace FM is dedicated to the teaching of the word of God and to worship what a blessing Grace FM is and uh we're so blessed to have all the wonderful teachers that are teaching on the radio 24/7 and uh so yes it is important for us to know the scriptures but also to extend just ministry to you. And that's what we want to do. So all the listeners are blessed and encouraged. So give me a call with your questions and prayer requests. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. And it's nice to see the sun so different than last week when we had a snowstorm coming in when I was doing the show. And now we got melting going on. And so uh, I hope that you are doing well, perhaps as you're in the evening commute or perhaps uh, picking up kids uh, from school or maybe at home, uh, getting them a snack or maybe finishing up your day at work. If you have opportunity, give me a call. we got all open lines right now, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. That is also a 24-7 text line for you to text in a prayer request. And the staff and the prayer team at 
Calvary Church in Aurora, where Grace FM originates, uh, we'll be praying for you. And I just think that's a neat opportunity. want to give a shout-out to all the Grace FM listeners along the front range uh, of Colorado and into southern Wyoming, and also those of you who are listening on uh, Radio by Grace all throughout the country. You are listening live. So glad that you guys have joined us on uh, Calvary Live. And so give me a call. And then also want to just welcome the online listeners. You can call anywhere in the country, uh, and you can call at that number I just gave to you, 303-690-3000. And then also I want to welcome those of you who are listening on Hope and Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio. Uh, You are a week delayed, but you get to call in and have the conversation and then listen to it next week. So a couple open lines. Grab one of those open lines. An hour goes by quickly. Let's go to... Amarillo, Texas. Scott's on line one. Hi, Scott. Hi, how are you? I'm good. You're on Calvary Live. All right. Uh, my question was um, where the uh, Catholic Church gets their uh, idea that their uh, pastors or their fathers can forgive sins. I don't understand that. And then I found in John 20... 19 through 23 says something about it, but I just don't understand where they get it from. Yeah, and I I think it's clear, because I was raised in the Catholic Church, and, you know, so you went to confession, and, and, you know, the priest was there as as a mediator or as one that would help you absolve those sins, say so many Our Fathers, so many Hail Marys. Uh, The Bible is very, very clear that Jesus is the only one that can forgive sin. He's the only one that died for our sins. He's the only one that shed his blood on Calvary's cross for our sins. And also we know that um, we are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ as we have relationship uh, with him. Jesus would say, as you go through John's gospel, and you mentioned John's gospel, that, um, and I was reading this in my own devotion just the other day, uh, in John chapter 8, that the religious leaders are challenging him in his authority. And Jesus said to them, if you do not believe that I am he, then you will die in your sins. And so Jesus is the one that has provided forgiveness of sin. And it's important, Scott, to remember that on the cross he cried out, it is finished. It is finished. In other words, he was saying <clears throat> that he paid the price he did the work, and it's that old hymn that we sing, He Paid It All. So Jesus made atonement for our sins. Um, there is no priest, there is no man that can provide that for anyone. He is our mediator. In Paul, when he was writing to Timothy, he would say to Timothy that we have one mediator between God and man, that is the man Christ Jesus. So it's fairly clear that um, that he is... Um, the one that brings forgiveness of sin. It isn't a priest. It isn't um, anyone else. Um, and then in the reference that you made in John chapter 20, verse 23, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. He He's given a, authority to announce forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. There are those who will come along like the priest and they will say, well, you know, I can provide forgiveness of sin. No, you can't. So it's based on not any man can provide sin, but we have the authority of the gospel that we can give to others that we can say, hey, um, it's the work of Jesus on the cross. 
He's the one that prized forgiveness of sin, and um, and we can give that gospel to others. And so that's really what Jesus is saying in that. Um, it isn't, well, I'm a good person, I'm forgiven. Because think about it, Scott, how many people do you know? We all know people that if you ask them if God was to let you into heaven and and he is to forgive you, why should he forgive you? Why should he let you into heaven? A lot of people would answer, because I'm a good person, right? Um, because uh, I'm a good father, a good mother. Uh, I even belong to the church. None of those things save anyone. None of those things bring forgiveness of sin. It is through the blood of Jesus Christ, having faith and trust in what he did on the cross, that he paid it all, that he rose from the grave, and then we have the authority to be able to give that gospel. And that's really what Jesus is saying there in John chapter 20. So that helps, Scott? Yes. <laughs> All right. Hopefully that does help. And um, But Jesus, he's the one that we go to. One mediator. Always remember that. It isn't through Mary. She's not a co-redemptor. It's not through any of the saints. Um, it isn't trying to you know, work for your uh, forgiveness of sin. And if you read Martin Luther, uh, his uh, autobiography, he was a Catholic monk. He was trying to earn forgiveness. He he would whip himself. Uh, he would, you know, sleep out in the cold at night without a blanket. Uh, he was always doing these things to try to earn God's favor and forgiveness. And finally, one of the priests said, you know, don't come back here to confession unless you really have a sin to confess, but he didn't understand. And it was that, uh, as you read his book, that he read in the book of Romans, that it is, you know, Paul writing, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God for salvation for all who believe. And the the uh, as he goes on, given that theme of the book of Romans, he goes on, for in it is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And that's what justifies us is faith in Jesus Christ. And Thanks, God. Jesus to forgive your sins, right? Yeah, to forgive you your sins and go to the cross. And um, and that's why, you know, Scott, it's so important that we make the gospel clear to people. It isn't by trying to be a good person. It isn't no church can save you. Um, it isn't, none of us are good enough. And that's one of the things that I realized growing up in the Catholic Church, that, you know, I may be considered a good person or consider myself to be a good person, but I'm not good enough. And that's why Jesus came. He came to die for our sins on that cross because all of us are sinners and the wages of sin is death. He came to take care of the sin problem. And that's why he called out, and cried out, it is finished. He did the work. He paid the price. And we can't save ourselves. There's nothing that we can do to earn salvation. And unfortunately, there are those who call themselves Christians or think that they're saved, that think they can go that path of presenting their own righteousness before God. We can't do that because Isaiah declares all of our righteousness are as filthy rags before the Lord. It is only being you know, cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ and going to him. But no man can provide that. Only Jesus did that on the cross. Right. Okay, Scott? Thank you. Hey, Scott? Just yeah. just a little side note. In, um, have you come to receive Jesus? Do you understand that? Oh, 
absolutely. Okay. I just have a friend that's Catholic, and I don't I, I don't understand his religion. That's why I've been doing my okay. research. Well, I, I just wanted to poke at you, just make sure while I had you on the line, and you know, and I, you know, it's it's wonderful to be able to tell your friend, and I'm grateful that you called because now you can go and minister to him and give him the gospel, give him Jesus, and Paul would say, "I came." preaching Christ crucified, and give him the cross. Let him see what Jesus did for him. It's not the Catholic Church. It's not no priest. It's not the saints. It's not Mary. It's Jesus alone. And I think that you're going to give him really something that's going to pierce his heart. I hope so. Yeah, I do too. Hey, Scott, thanks for calling. Appreciate you taking the time to do that. Thanks for answering my question. Have a good day. You you do. Love hearing from you guys in Texas, part of Radio Bike Race out of Amarillo, Texas, and a and a number of stations throughout the nation, particularly in the South. So good to hear from you guys. And a wonderful, very important question that Scott has asked, um, that only Jesus can forgive sin, and uh, that is very clear in the Scriptures. Now, when somebody hangs up, that means there's an open line. So I know that there's an open line right now. Grab it, 303-690-3000, the call-in number. I think I told you that um, I'm Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado and uh, hosting a show I usually do on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, but I like to get to the callers when they call in and, and uh, because the hour goes by so quickly. Grab one of those open lines because I always feel bad at the end of the show when we can't get to everyone. Uh, but um, just so wonderful uh, to have people calling in from all over the country. The next call that we have, uh, again, 303-690-3000, grab that open line, uh, is from Memphis, Tennessee, April. April? Yes, I'm here. Well, well, welcome to Calvary Live. Hello, hi, welcome. Yes, um, what can we do for sorry. you? Sorry, I was just calling. Um, it's about a prayer request. Um, mm-hmm. So my... My husband was raised Catholic, and I was raised um, Baptist, and I was born again at 16, and we've been dating for the past, well, we dated for five years and then got married this past November. So going into marriage, I already knew that we were kind of, I knew we weren't equally yoked, and I kind of felt a little guilty about it until I found the verse in First Peter that's like, you know, wives bring, you know, show the love of Christ to your husbands and that can bring them to Christ. So it's kind of like the last caller, how he's like, he didn't understand the Catholic religion. He, my husband explained to me like what his beliefs were as far as that. And it's just kind of, yeah, Jesus is the only way you can only get to God through Jesus. And he kind of just, I don't know, he, he's lost. And he, he says he talks to God. He has a relationship with God, but there, there isn't that relationship with Jesus. So I just, he has a, he has a daughter, she's seven and I've been bringing her to church with me. And it's like, I know God has put me in, in her life definitely for a reason. And it's just, it's sad. Every, every Saturday night we're like, all right, are you going to come to church with us tomorrow? And he's like, no, maybe next time. So he said that what makes him uncomfortable about church is that all, all they talk about is Jesus. I'm like, that's all we always want to talk about, you know? So, just <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't request. understand. <laughs> you know, April, um, you're married, and so um, God wants to use you in this marriage. 
to be a witness. Um, and as you were quoting from First Peter chapter 3, um, as he's talking about the conduct of uh, wives, um, that you um, may win others. And when they observe your chaste conduct uh, and just, you know, being uh, one that has the beauty in the hidden heart. Um, and you continue to do that. You keep asking him. You know, my parents, uh, when we um, were being raised, mom took us to the Catholic Church and dad never went to church. And you mentioned about um, a, a daughter, a stepdaughter that you have, and she is your daughter now, is you are taking her to church, that you guys are going to be a witness to them. And our family, we thought we were okay. We thought we were good. Um, everything is, you know, we believe in God. We we go to the Catholic Mass. We do all these things. But we didn't have a relationship with the Lord. And all of a sudden, my sister um, started going to a little church. This is, this is, you know, 40 years ago when I was in college. That she said, you know, you got to come to this church. It, they teach the Word of God. And it's like, what is this church? And it's a church called Calvary Chapel. And so she kept asking me and kept asking me. And I would blow her off, say, no, I know God. It's same words that what you're hearing from your husband. I know God. I don't need, you know, I, I pray. I, I've read, you know, parts of the Bible. And so she kept asking, kept praying. She didn't pester me. She was praying, and God was moving on my heart. Finally, I said, you know, I'll go to church. And I thought, I'll go to church to just kind of shut her up, you know, to get her off my back a little bit. And I went, and the Lord hit me right between the eyes, actually hit me right in the heart. When the Word of God was opened up and the Word of God came forth, and it was amazing. And um, and just her you know, humility, my sister, she had gone through a tough time. Um, she ended up getting pregnant um, when she was 19. Um, she married somebody who was abusive and divorced her. She started going to Calvary Chapel. She just was, you know, the way that she was a witness and her beauty, I knew that there was something different about her. And so I came to Christ, and then the rest of the family started coming to Christ. And then finally my dad, who was you know, in his upper 60s, told Mom, let's go to church. And we had been asking Dad to come. So you know, all that is my family is just a product of God's grace and mercy. And you keep praying, okay? You be that yes. witness. You keep taking his daughter to church. Keep praying. And you keep talking to him about the things of the Lord. And, um, you know, you you do that in that example and praying for him. Prayer is powerful. And, you know, don't be afraid to grab him by the hand and say, you know, let me tell you what I did learn in church today. Just highlighting it. Let me tell you what the Lord means to me. Let me tell you, you know, how good he is to us and what he's done for us. And you keep sharing with him the things of Christ and asking the Lord to open up his eyes and soften his heart. And um, and God's going to move on him. Thank you. Okay, April? Yes, sir. Thank you for the reassurance not to give up yeah. and not to stop asking and stop praying. Yeah. Yeah. Can I pray for you? Yes. Father, I pray for April. And I pray for her husband that, Lord, he may think he's religious, but... 
he doesn't have a relationship with you. And so, Lord, I pray he would come to understand Christ crucified. And, Lord, that um, he would come to call out to you in faith. And, Lord, that he would come to, to know you. And, Lord, I just pray for April. You give her wisdom to be that godly example and loving wife. And uh, with her example, just um, may win her husband um, to Christ and the example that she sets. And, Lord, just being a witness not only with her conduct, and Lord, um, but also with the words that she gets to share how much Christ means to her. And Lord, that you would just minister to their daughter, and that she would grow in wisdom and stature and a love for you and also be at light as well. So I just pray that you would open up April's husband's, his eyes uh, spiritually, that you would soften his heart, you would take the blindfold off, any blindfold that the enemy's trying to put on him, that would keep him from seeing Jesus clearly. And Lord, I just pray for salvation that would come to this home. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for praying for me. You bet, April. Okay. Call anytime. We'll be praying for you. Thank you. You bet. 303-690-3000. Many of you that are listening right now, perhaps you got a a spouse or loved one or a family member that doesn't know the Lord, and um, you pray for them. You keep praying. Be that that witness to them with your conduct, with your speech, with your faith, with your love, um, with the gospel, uh, that they could see the reality of Jesus Christ and pray, pray, pray. Pray that their hearts would be softened, and don't stop praying. Um, you're in their life to be uh, a witness to them, but you know they may not want to read the gospel. They may not want to go to church. The what they're going to see of Christ is through you. So I just want to encourage you, and every day you just keep praying, praying for your kids, praying for your grandkids, um, because God does want to work and He does want to move. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the call in number. The text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. I believe. Let's go to Rudy in Denver. Rudy. How you doing, Pastor Jeff? Good. How are you? I'm good. It's been a long time since I've been on the show. I've been having some difficulties, I guess, with the uh with the with the the phone companies and stuff, but uh I've uh I've been I've been through well, prayer good to hear and from stuff you. and every word you just said about uh you know, praying for those that we love and my mm. prayer today is my prayer request today is that the Lord can work through me. My mother passed away December eighteenth. Eight years, well, 10 years sober, but she passed of cirrhosis. You know, a funny, her never finally gave out. But she knew the Lord, and I was there with her to, uh, you know, change her mind that she was being punished by God. You know, God forgave her, and we, you know, I helped her, you know, to keep all the faith in Jesus, and we prayed all the time. So I know she's, he, her death was not final because we know that Jesus conquered death, you know, and she's in heaven with the Lord. But I have family members some that I just don't really want to approach and some that I really want to help that are still addicted to drugs and drink. And my prayer today, um, Jeff, is that um, he can work through me. He can work, right. the Lord can work through me to touch these people because I do not want to see another another death in my family due to just common disease of cirrhosis or alcohol addiction. Right. So tired of it. So tired of it. Right. Amen. And you know what, Rudy, you there? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. 
Okay. Okay. Sorry. Kind of lost you yeah. there for a minute. And you know, you do hurt, you hurt for your family and you don't always want to, because it's, it takes so much energy and, but I think it takes wisdom and discernment as well. And it reminds me of, and I, I don't know if this is going to be helpful at all, but you know, it was Jesus when he called Matthew to follow him. Matthew was a tax collector. He was hated. I mean, the religious leaders taught that tax collectors had no hope of salvation. And um, he had Jesus over to his house, and that's where he had the other tax collectors and sinners that came, and Jesus was able to minister to them there. So, you know, I think, and, you know, just talking with you before, Rudy, that you know um, that there's a certain environment, there's a certain place, certain time, to witness to them, to talk with them, and just praying for God's discernment and wisdom in that. But what I also hear from you is you are hurting for them because you're seeing what sin does. What sin does, it brings death and and despair and defeat and bondage. And um, so just be praying, Lord, I want to be able to effectively minister to my family because the Lord grieves at seeing them die as well. The Lord grieves at seeing them, you know, go through um, these things that um, are very destructive. And I think the Lord is going to guide you because um, what I hear from you is a heart that desires to see their family saved. And, uh, you know, you're re- yeah, rejoicing that your mom is saved. And, um, and that um, we hurt for our families. I think all of us that are listening have family members, whether they're involved in drugs or alcohol or whether um, they're moral and they're doing well in society and seem to be successful. Like I have some family members, but they're just as lost. And, you know, we can give them the gospel and it's just like hitting concrete. And we just continue to pray and continue to ask for wisdom. And, uh, but we, we don't want to give up and God is going to guide you. Rudy, and I think he has blessed you, and he's guided you, and he's worked in your life, and I'm always glad to hear from you, and then I love to hear about your heart for your family. So, Father, I do pray. I pray for Rudy. I just pray that you give him direction to um, just minister to his family at the right time and uh, to give the gospel. I know that he's bold enough to do it, and but Lord, I just pray that you give him to will, and um, because sometimes it's not easy. It's difficult. And the, the pushback, the, uh, maybe the anger that comes, whatever it may come from it, but you would give him boldness, that you would help him, that you would guide him. I pray that you would bless him in every way and that salvation would come to his family, that you would free his family members that are struggling with just um, alcohol, with drugs, the addiction, whatever it might be, and Lord, that you would just uh, open up their hearts and ears to hear the gospel, and Lord, to free them from those things, to make them a new creation in Christ, and Lord, that uh, Rudy uh, would just um, have the resolve and give him the strength, give him the wisdom um, in ministering to his family. And I want to pray quickly for all that are listening right now that have family members that think it's so hard, is it worth it? to not stop, to not give up, but to keep praying for family members, even as I have family members that I don't want to stop and I need to remember to pray for them. And so, Lord, we just ask that you just help us 
uh, in that to present them to you and Lord for you to bring salvation. And it's in Jesus name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet, Rudy. Good to hear from you. Yes, I'm nice to hear from you, too. See you. All right. Take care. Hey, we're getting to break time. You're going to hear the music in a little bit. And then uh, after break, we'll go to Nicholas and Desiree. And uh, and we will continue. we got an open line, so grab one of those open lines. We'll have plenty of time after the break. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Also, the text line, 720-336-0897. This is the only break of the show, and we're going to be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So good to be with you. And I'm glad that you're listening, that you're calling. We got full lines right now. We're going to go to the phone, phone lines in just a moment. But when somebody hangs up, uh, there is an uh, open line, so we're going to continue to, to uh, have the conversations with the callers today and answering questions and prayer requests. So when somebody hangs up, grab one of those open lines. You just heard the number, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. Nicholas from Greeley has been waiting. Nicholas? Hey, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Great to speak to you. Um, Thank thank you. So I had a question. I I, I put myself in kind of a pickle here. I'm I'm a couple minutes late walking into a meeting, but um, I'm really, really seeking uh, your interpretation of uh, Matthew 25, starting in verse 31, uh, the final judgment, uh, some some commentators call it. Um, My question is, when when he says that he will um, separate, the people, the way that a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. What is the timeline of this happening in relation to, say, um, the rapture versus the tribulation period versus the the end of all things, the new world, the new earth, the new body? Where is this yeah. fitting in that timeline? Yeah, that's a good question because um, it's part of, in the end of the Olivet Discourse, in Matthew 24 and 25, and so Jesus, and I'll try to follow up so you're not too late for your meeting, but it's important to get that timeline um, because otherwise people get confused. Uh, Jesus, he begins to talk about the tribulation period. He talks about the rapture of the church. He um, talks about the importance of being ready for his return. And then at the end, he gives the... um, uh, it tells about the Son of Man that will judge the nations. We call it the judgment of the nations, where he separates the sheep from the goats. And this is going to take place at the end of the tribulation period. Jesus talks about that the Son of Man is coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. It will be like lightning flashing from the east to the west. So the rapture of the church, again, just for the sake of those listening, that that's when he comes for his church. I believe that will take place prior to the seven-year tribulation period. 
There will be seven years of tribulation. Jesus said it will be tribulation such as the world has not seen or ever will see again. And then the second coming of Jesus Christ is when he comes back literally, physically, touches down on the Mount of Olives. I was reading Zechariah chapter 14 today, preparing for that teaching for next Wednesday. And in Zechariah chapter 14, he says that when the Lord touches down, that the Mount of Olives will split in half. At that time, what's going to take place is that um, the the armies that are gathered in northern Israel, in the Valley of Jezreel or the Valley of Megiddo, they will stop fighting each other. They will try to fight Jesus. He will simply speak, and he will um, destroy those armies. And then we know that he will establish his kingdom during that time, and also during that time, because it's interesting, when you put all the pieces of the puzzle together, that Daniel speaks about, you know, uh, an additional, when the Lord comes back, 75 days. So all these things are taking place. But also there's the restoration of Israel, and there's the judgment of the nations. Now, it isn't like he brings nations like we think of, but it's going to be individuals that are going to come, and they're going to stand before him, because there are going to be survivors that are going to make it through the tribulation period. And those who are believers are going to be the sheep. They're going to go into the millennium reign. And those who are non-believers are going to go into eternal punishment. And that's what he says at the end of the uh, teaching of Olivet Discourse. He says, these will go away to everlasting punishment, but the righteousness into eternal life. So those who make it through the tribulation period, the sheeps and the goats, the, the sheep being the believers will enter into the millennium reign where they will help populate the world and then eventually into the new heaven and the new earth after the millennium reign. And then those who are the goats uh, will go into everlasting punishment. Does that kind of help that out? It, it does, but it's opening up a couple other cans of worms. Do you have an email address that I could reach out to you on for, for sure. a couple more questions that this has created for me? Sure, absolutely. And, you know, feel free to ask those questions. And you can email at pastorjeff at ccgreeley.com. And you can find that on our website as well. So pastorjeff okay, at ccgreeley.com. I'll just look it up on the website. Okay. All right. Yeah, I really appreciate you. I'm, I'm, cause now I'm curious to know if that, you know, or goes that in reference to just not being allowed inside the kingdom of Israel, or is that, are they being sent to hell for eternity? And then, yeah. and then I, I would just like some more references. Cause I, you know, I've had to do, you, you mentioned a few books, um, that I've had to jump around to piece all this together, you know, okay. um, Daniel yeah. revelation. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. And so I'm, I'm just seeking some more clarity on, uh, yeah, absolutely on that. Yeah be happy to do that. And then also you might want to read the last verse there of of the chapter 25, and I think that'll help you as well. But yeah, feel free to ask questions. I'm here to answer them as best I know how. So look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so you. much. You bet. Absolutely. You take care, Nicholas. 303-690-3000. Yeah, it's a lot. You know, the end time scenario and, and um, the coming of the Lord. Maybe you got a question on it. I'll do my best to answer them. And uh, love to hear from you and love to do my best in answering them. Uh, but, you know, the Lord is coming back for his church, I believe. He's coming back, literally. We're going to come back with him. 
And at that time, there's a lot that's going on. Um, there's going to be the judgment of the nations, the restoration of Israel, the building of the millennial temple. I believe that um, the scriptures tell us that the Lord's going to be the one. I believe Zechariah that says that he will build the temple. Uh, we read about that in the end of Ezekiel. Just a lot of stuff going on, but it's wonderful to know what the scripture says, what's going to take place. Matter of fact, just real quick, and then we'll go to the phone lines, that this Sunday at Calvary Chapel Greeley, I am going to be starting the book of Daniel. And it's Daniel's called the most fascinating book in the Bible. So uh, we'd love for you to join us. You can listen on, on live stream at the 930, 11 o'clock service uh, here um, in Mountain Time. For those of you who perhaps are listening in other parts of the country or another state, that you can listen online. Uh, but those of you in the Greeley area, 8, 9, 30, and 11 o'clock as we start Daniel and the incredible prophecies of Daniel. What makes Daniel so incredible is the first six chapters is dealing with the person of Daniel, how he was devoted to the Lord, the courage and boldness he had for the Lord. And then chapter 7 through 12, the next six chapters deal with the prophecies of Daniel. And to get an understanding, a good understanding of end-time prophecy, you need to have a good understanding of the book of Daniel. So we invite you to join us for that. Starting this Sunday at Calvary Chapel Greeley, you can look at our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org, and get all the information about services and everything else that takes place. But in the meantime, we got an open line, so I'd love for you to grab one of those open lines. Let's go to Desiree and Thornton. Desiree? Desiree, are you there? Okay. I know she had been waiting. Desiree, she's called. She's having problems with, she's been dealing with COVID and pneumonia. So, Desiree, I want to go ahead and pray for you. Um, and uh, I know it's been a struggle. And so, Father, I pray for my sister. She's called before. We want to keep praying for her as she's having a hard time uh, in her lungs with pneumonia and COVID, uh, requiring oxygen. I pray that you would just uh, bring healing to her. And, Lord, that she would sense your presence that you would bless her, that you would minister to her. And Lord, bring in healing, bring in comfort. And Lord, just um, that you would just bring everything that she needs right now, um, that she would know you love her and that you would just work in her life right now, just just encouraging her um, and building her up. And, and Lord, just bring that healing to her, strength to her, comfort to her that she needs everything that she needs. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 303-690-3000 is the calling number to text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Gavin in Centennial. Gavin? Gavin? Hello? Gavin? Gavin, you're on Calvary Live. Hey, Pastor Jeff, how you doing? I'm all right. How can we pray for you? So uh, this weekend, I just I just broke up with my um, girlfriend of three years, and I'm I'm going. I'm just asking, what's the purpose of this? Um, you know, I'm asking the Lord, where do I go? Um, and it's it's stressful, and it's a lot to think about. Yeah. It is, Gavin. I'm asking some prayer and and guidance in that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to pray for you. And Gavin, I want you to know that God is working. And when we go through the trials and difficulties of our lives and, you know, a, a, a hard breakup after three years, somebody that you care for and you wonder, you know, what was this all about? And Lord, why? And all that. Um, when you are faced with those things that you don't understand, fall back on the things you do understand. Okay. Fall back on the love of Christ. Know that he has a plan for you, that he is going to perfect that which concerns you. He has the very best for you and his promises are true for you. And he wants to work in your life and he wants to strengthen you and, and help you to heal and move forward and you can trust in the Lord, but not only trust in him, but rest in him and that, that Lord, you're working. I don't understand it all. Lord, I, I don't know why. Lord, it seems like, you know, the last three years that come to an end, I'm hurting. And the Lord hears you. And when your heart is overwhelmed, you can go to him. And uh, he is your comfort. He's your protector. He's everything that you need, Gavin, and know that he has a plan for you. He hasn't abandoned you. He's not going to leave you as an orphan, and he's going to work, but it's going to be day by day looking to him and trusting in him and resting in his promises, okay? All right. Thank you. Gavin, don't leave. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I just pray for Gavin. I just pray that you would just give him reassurance and direction um, as he goes through this time of where he's grieving and loss and hurt and questioning. And Lord, to know that you're there, even as you said, you'll with us always. Um, you'll never leave us or forsake us. And your promises are still true. And that you're working all things for good for those who love you, who are called according to your, your purposes. And Lord, um, you are working good in the midst of this trial and difficulty and hurt. And so, Lord, that he would trust you in that. He would look to you. And, Lord, that he would fall back on the things that he can't understand, and that is your promises, your care for him, that he can cast his cares on you because you care for him, and that, Lord, that you would strengthen him and that um, he would know that you have a plan and that that which concerns him you will perfect and being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work will bring it to completion. And so, Lord, just bring the comfort that he needs in, in everything right now as he um, is looking to you uh, for that direction and uh, for your guidance in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Okay, God, you bet. God bless you. Okay, we'll be praying. Right, we you. have an open... We got an open line, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number to text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Anessa in Fort Lauderdale. Anessa? Yes, hi. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. No need complaining. I'm blessed. Oh, good. I bet it's warm there in Florida, right? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> I have a daughter in Orlando. I was seeing how warm it was. And, and um, so anyway, I'm glad you called us. And what can we do for you? Okay, I called to ask a question about what happens when a person passes away, a, a believer as opposed to a non-believer. Do you go straight to heaven? Um, mm-hmm. Is it like a resting place? Or what happens to a person yeah. when 
when they close their eyes and then wake up, where are they? If they're a believer yeah. or non-believer. Yeah, that's important for us to know, and the Bible wants us to know. And as Paul was writing to the Corinthian believers, he, he's writing to them about the resurrection, and he says something very important. He says um, that we are confident, yes, well, please, rather, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So we who are believers, when we close our eyes and we breathe our last, we immediately go into the presence of the Lord. There's no, there's no purgatory. Um, there's no soul sleep. We immediately go to be with the presence of the Lord, and that's good news for you and for me. So for loved ones that have passed away that are believers, we can know that they're in the presence of Jesus. And that brings us comfort, and that's why Paul says concerning the believer that we don't, when they fall asleep or they die, we don't grieve as though we have no hope. We do grieve, but we um, you know, don't grieve as though we have no hope because our hope is a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. To the unbeliever, they will go into Hades immediately, and then eventually they will stand at the great white throne judgment at the end of the millennium reign of Jesus Christ, and then they will be cast into outer darkness. So a believer right now goes to heaven to directly be with the Lord. The unbeliever goes to Hades, and then they will be resurrected at the end of the millennium reign in what is called the second resurrection, and then they will be sentenced to outer darkness, which is the lake of fire, um, where they will go and they will be there for all eternity. So that's essentially what the Bible teaches, and we do know that the lake of fire is for all eternity. Uh, Jesus made that clear, In heaven is for all eternity. And, you know, the, the Lord's going to create it at the end of the millennium reign, a new heaven, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem. We're, we're going to be with him forever. But to for you to understand that right now, believer, when they die, that they immediately go in the presence of the Lord. Okay, wonderful. That gives a lot, a lot of comfort. Thank you so much. I just have one it does. more thing. Yeah, go ahead. I hear, I always hear people say, like, when a loved one passes away, I hear it a lot. They'll say, oh, well, she she's looking down at you from heaven, and she can see, you know, she's happy, or she sees that you're successful, or she sees that you're okay, and, you know, your loved one's looking. I never believed, well, I used to believe it, but now I don't think, why would... God let a person go to heaven and then look down to see what's going on down here. That would not make them happy to me. <laughs> yeah, and I think you're on the right track. I mean, when we go to heaven, we're going to be in the glory of Jesus, you know, in the glory of heaven. Paul, he talks about um, in Second Corinthians later on in this epistle here, in chapter 11, he talks about that he went to paradise and he went to heaven and it probably happened when he was stoned and left for dead, as you read in Acts chapter 14 uh, at Lystra. And he had a, a vision of heaven, and he said, I saw things that were unlawful for me to speak about. They were so glorious. Um, and when we're up in heaven, in the glory of Jesus, in the presence of Jesus, in, in heaven that is going to be so wonderful, so glorious, that we can't possibly imagine, I, I don't think we're going to be looking down. And and I think people say that, uh, Anessa, just it brings them comfort and it brings them just, I don't know, just some comfort that their loved one is looking down on them. 
but we just gently remind them that it's the Lord that sees you and the Lord that's watching you and the Lord that sees everything going on here. They're in the presence of Jesus. And so, um, yeah, I think you're right on that. So, okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for your clarification, and God bless you. Thanks for calling, Anessa. Enjoy that warm weather out there, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Thank you. It's freezing here. We had a cold oh, week, no. so. But it's anyway. We're we're blessed to have you guys from Florida joining us, and it's a beautiful state. So I don't miss it. Yeah, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. The call in number, the text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's go to Mara in California. Is it Mara? Oh, yeah. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What do you have for me? So my question is, I'm curious. Um, I go to church on Sunday, you know, but I'm thinking about the Sabbath day that they say is on Saturday. So I'm wondering, shouldn't we be going to church on Saturday versus Sunday? Or Well, you know, I go to church on Sunday. I've gone right. to church on Sunday for many years. I've also gone to church on Saturday. When it comes to the New Testament teaching of the church, um, we know that the Christians began to meet on the first day of the week. We see that in Acts chapter 19. Paul was preaching to the believers on the first day of the week. That's on Sunday. We know that Paul would say to the Corinthians that I will come and get the collection uh, that he was taking to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to come and gather it on the first day of the week. Why did he say that? Because that's when they met. He says, when you meet on the first day of the week, get the collection so I can get it, take it to Jerusalem. So there's evidence, even in the scriptures, that the early church uh, met on the first day of the week. And the reason that they did is because that was the day of the Lord's resurrection. Now, when it comes to the Sabbath, Paul, he um, writes a couple things for you to um, to. Uh, maybe look up that will help you. In Colossians chapter 2, he writes, Let no one judge you in food or in drink or in regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substances of Christ. So Paul, when he's writing to the church of Colossae in chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, he's saying, Let no one judge you according to Sabbaths, all right? And Jesus, he's our reality. He's our Sabbath rest. The Sabbath is just a shadow of things to come. The substance is Christ. So it's kind of like if I'm out in the parking lot and it's a sunny day and somebody comes along and um, and I greet them, I don't greet their shadow. I don't say to their shadow trying to shake their hand. I want to greet the reality, the real person. So Jesus, he's our Sabbath rest. And so we have liberty and we have freedom as Paul writes in the book of Romans, in the Law of Liberty, he says, One person esteems one day above another, another esteem every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. And he who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. So he's saying one man esteems one day above another. Some esteem every day to be alike. You be convinced in your own mind. If you want to celebrate and go to church on the Sabbath, that's your conviction, that's great. But I'm one that I esteem every day to be alike. Every day is to where we can go to church and we can worship the Lord 
and we can be together as believers. And we actually see that in the earliest days of the church in Acts chapter 2, when it tells us in Acts chapter 2, that's the the birth of the church in that chapter, um, that it says that they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their simpli- food with simplicity of heart, praising God with all the people. And they add, uh, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being um, saved. They were meeting daily. Um, so, you know, if you want to go on Sunday, go on Sunday. Enjoy the Lord. If you esteem Sunday as a day to worship the Lord, worship him. And um, and we have the liberty to be able to do that. Right. I I definitely agree. I just wanted some other understanding. You might also want to read Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, the Jerusalem Council, they gathered together. And right. in gathering together, they said, what are we going to tell these Gentile believers? Because right. should they be circumcised, keep the law of Moses? They said, no, let's tell them that abstain from immorality because they were coming out of paganism, you know, meat right. offered idols, you oh. know, blood, all that. They said nothing about the Sabbath. They said nothing right. about the Sabbath. It's The Sabbath was such an essential thing because there are those who come along and say, if you worship on Sunday, you take the mark of the beast. There are those who come along and say, you shouldn't worship on Sunday. You should worship on Saturday. Um, and it, right. they'll, you know, say those things to us. And it's like, well, the early church didn't say that to the Christians. They didn't say they had to worship on the Sabbath. And if somebody wants to worship on the Sabbath, that's between them and the Lord. But I have the freedom to worship. We have Bible study. We have we got men's study and lady studies here tonight where the, the church is going to gather. We'll have a number of people that are here. I think it's wonderful that we have the freedom to be able to worship any day um, and I esteem every day alike. So hopefully that helps out. There's some references for you to be able to look up and to share with others. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thank you for calling. Thank you so much. You, you are welcome so uh-huh. much. God bless you. You have a good evening. Uh-huh. You too. All right. So we've gone from Florida, one end of the country, to California, the west side of the country, and before we end the show, let's come back home to Denver. Lori's on line three. Lori? Yes, hello. You're on Calvary Live. Hi. Okay, thank you. I have a prayer request. Uh-huh. My friend Jackie, she's a very dear friend, is going through a lot of loss right now with um, relationships. And she's just going through a lot. Uh, a couple different situations, and then she also has a dear friend that um, found out in the last few months that she has cancer, and so her dear friend is also battling with that. So if you could lift up Jackie and um, for peace Absolutely. and comfort, and then her friend as well, that would be great. Yeah, I'd love to, and I'm thankful she has a friend like you to call and, yeah. and to ask for prayer and and Lord, I thank you for Lori in her care for her friend Jackie, who's going through loss and loss of relationships. Whatever those relationships are, they can be very, very painful. So I pray that you bring healing to her, uh, Lord. Um, I pray that you bring comfort to her and direction to her, that she would sense your presence because we can feel so alone. Uh, we can feel at the end of 
our world when we, we lose those relationships. And then having a friend that has cancer, we pray for healing for her friend. We pray that you would touch them, um, that you would minister to them. But, Lord, we also know that when we feel like we're at the end of our ropes or at the end of our world, that, as David would say, that we can cry out to you and you attend to our prayers when our heart is overwhelmed and that you're our place as you lead us to that place of stability. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And that you would do that for Jackie, that she would sense your presence, that you would bless her, that, Lord, that you would just help Lori to minister to her friend. And so you know where she's at. So we just pray for your comfort and guidance and strength in every way, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for covering that. You bet. Absolutely, Lori. Okay. God God bless you. Have a good evening. Hey, we're at the end of the show. We're going to hear the music in just a minute. Had a great show and just love to talk with you and pray with you. I think one of the things that uh, every show takes on kind of a theme is you keep praying for your friends, keep praying for your loved ones, those who are hurting, those who have prayer needs. Uh, we need to be praying for one another and uh, praying for salvation for our families and friends and those who are linked to us in our lives. And don't stop praying because the Lord he, he wants to save. He wants to save a nation. He wants to save our loved ones. So keep praying and keep in the Word. Keep studying. And so thankful that you are and asking questions. So Calvary Live will be back tomorrow at the same time. So good evening, everyone. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.